Well, you could open up your Bibles today back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, as you're doing that, I had a little more uh, business just to talk to everybody about, to all the guys that are registered uh, for our Revival at Red River Men's Retreat in October. I wanted to encourage you, if you can, to go ahead and get another $50 to us in. Uh, we are wanting to uh, put some money out uh, to plan for that. We still have some money we owe the church account uh, for the deposit. And, uh, you know, we're all the, anyway, as we get closer, we're going to bring a lot of the food and different things with us that we're going to, uh, you know, have and enjoy. And anyway, if you could, you know, you're coming, uh, and you're willing to put another $50. That'll help you too reduce the bill as you get closer. And, uh, if you could do that, you could see Brett, uh, you could, you know, text it in, but you need to let us know how you do that if you do that, uh, so we don't get confused in the accounting. Check and cash should be better. And uh, so if you could, get that in as soon as you can. That would be a blessing. Also, if you are registered for the ministry advance class that starts Saturday, September the 4th, uh, we have ordered books and books should, all of our books for the course should be in, I would think, first part of this week, right? And so we want to start getting those in your hand. If you could uh, go ahead and get your tuition paid up, if you're uh, it's not do, 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 you know, last, you know, chance until the morning of the class, but I want to get books in your hand, uh, especially the Spiritual Father, Spiritual Failure book, because that's um, we're going to hit the ground running. I'd really love uh, for the students to have that book read even before September 4th, if they can. And so anyway, uh, praise God, and you could see Brett uh, uh, about facilitating that if you need to do that. Amen. Appreciate that very, very much. Glory to God. All right, I think I'm going to let that go right now. We had a lot of great stuff in the bookstore. You know, a lot of stuff you're facing, there's something in the bookstore that will feed your faith on that. You know, there's a book there, Reverend Joel put out a 30-day devotional, real short, on fear. Living free from fear. And just just incorporate that into your daily devotional. Amen. Uh, Pastor Debbie Eberly, Pastor Jay's wife, put a wonderful, I haven't gotten into it myself yet, but a wonderful thick devotional, maybe it's a whole year, I don't know, on divine healing and health. And uh, so I'm telling you, there's stuff out there that will feed you faith, be a great blessing to you. We encourage you to get that. Amen. All right. Y'all still love me, don't you? You know, I'm just doing, I'm, maybe I'm flawed. I know I'm flawed. Um, but I'm doing everything I can to advocate for your spiritual health. I can't, you know, the way it is, I can't help people that won't listen. But I can, I can just keep doing what I can do. Amen. And uh, we're going to make it gloriously, victoriously to the end of this thing. Going to get caught away. <laughs> and then all the cost and all the sacrifice and all the difficulty, and all the flesh you had to overcome, and you see Jesus face to face, you're going to forget all that, I guarantee you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. Romans chapter 10. Father, we bow our heads before you. We approach your word with humility. Father, it is faith food. It it is our very life. You said that man shall not live by food alone, bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, Father, I ask that you would use my tongue, make it the pen of a ready writer, to speak a word in due season to these, your precious people. I pray for those outside this room that are taking part online that their hearts are open, their minds are alert. 
They're receptive and hungry, just like they would if they were sitting here. And they take in the Word with the decision to be a doer of it. Letting that Word dominate both the mind, the will, the emotions, the heart, the actions. That we could walk in Your light and enjoy the fruit that the Word brings. God, I thank You for edifying every person here today. And again, we thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in Romans chapter 10, one, one more announcement. Don't forget... The Pray It Forward prayer hour. Amen. From 3 to 4 o'clock. Amen. You know, when I see new people show up to that that haven't traditionally come, it encourages me. Maybe they're beginning to listen. So maybe some of you, you could encourage me today. And uh, some some of you, praise God, I know cannot come. And uh, I understand that. You know, there are excuses and then there are reasons. And... uh, Praise God. So anyway, uh, amen. Enough said about that. Praise God. All right, Romans chapter 10, verse uh, number 8, 9, and 10. We've been talking about faith, living by faith. Glory to God. Thank God for faith. (laughs) Amen. So uh, Paul says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth, amen, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Skip down to verse 17. So then faith comes. Amen. Faith doesn't just exist, right? Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, I'm going to endeavor to move on from hearing, but before I do, uh, I wanted to have us look at a few things. Let's go back to the left to the book of Acts. Praise God. Uh, Acts chapter 14. Just a few pages. Acts chapter 14. How does faith come? Amen. So... Uh, praise God. So if you want healing and you want healing from God, is it available? You'd have to know some things maybe prior to, uh, things we've taught over the years or know something about your Bible. But it absolutely, healing for our body is part of our covenant, our redemptive rights and privileges. Jesus bought and paid for it at the very same moment He bought and paid for our sin. I don't have time to preach that to you today. Amen. So, but it comes, it's received by faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. Healing is a work of God's grace. Grace is what God gives. Right? But you're not going to have in your life what God gives by grace if you don't receive it by faith. There is a divine relationship between grace and faith. Think about grace as God's side. I didn't deserve to be saved but He extended salvation to me undeservingly as a gift of love to me and to you. That's grace. But that's all on His side. My side, though, is that I receive it. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 2, you stay here uh, in Acts, he said, for uh, salvation comes by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. It is the gift of God. So in salvation, the paying for it, the making it available, that's grace, right, 
from God to us. And that's been given to the whole world, but the whole world will not be saved because they have to mix faith with grace. They have to receive what grace gave, and you do that by faith. Healing is the same way. Your healing's been bought. Your healing's been paid for. Healing belongs to you whether you know it or not as a child of God. And grace did that. Grace did that. Amen. But it must be received by faith. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So here in Acts chapter 14, we have a Bible illustration of this, very powerful. Beginning in verse number 7. Now Paul is here with his ministry team in Lystra, a a city called Lystra. Uh, You see that in verse 6. In verse 7 it says, And there they preached the gospel. In other words, they gave them something to hear. Is that not right? Remember what we learned from Romans. How shall they hear without a preacher? And so here has come to Lystra a preacher, and they proclaimed the gospel, the good news. Verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Verse 9. The same, meaning the man, heard Paul speak. How does faith come? Now, this is presumably the first time and the only time he's heard any good news from God about his healing. Now, we know Paul had to at least mention healing as part of the good news. And it'll be evident as we keep reading, right? So it says, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving Paul that the man had faith to be healed said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. Woo! Come on. Here is a guy who never knew what it was like to take a first step. Never knew what it was like to run and play with other children. He had grown into manhood, never walked. Never He was impotent from his mother's womb. Never could walk. And a preacher comes and preaches one message. And the message isn't even done. Paul is preaching, and if you get this from the language, Paul's preaching and he catches eye contact with this guy. And he perceived, the preacher perceived, this guy's got faith to be healed. Now notice, he wasn't yet. But he had faith to be. And where did he get that faith? From hearing what Paul preached. How many of you know it doesn't, you don't have to hear it 2,500 times? This guy heard one half of one sermon. But again, it goes back to people can hear and not hear. He heard with honor. He heard with hunger. He heard with attention. He heard with an open heart. He heard and he believed what he heard. And when he did, Philip, faith came. Faith was there. Faith to do what he had never done. Faith to do what is still today medically impossible. Come on. He became a giant in faith in a moment of time. But notice he still... Paul, I'm guessing if I was there and I'm the preacher, Paul saw the light bulb go off in this guy. Have you ever had that moment and it showed up on your face unconscious? Right? Amen. You can, you can tell. Amen. And, and, and I wish 
I could preach to everybody who is like that. Instead of... Amen. Come on. It's all about the measure and the sincerity he gave to his hearing. And Paul saw that twinkle in that guy's eye. And he stopped his sermon. And he said, stand up. Why? Faith must be... You can have faith. Faith comes by hearing. But once you have faith, we'll get to this later, once you have faith, you've got to release faith. You've got to turn your faith loose. And Paul knew that. See, he sat there and faith came and he's got faith to be healed. But his feet still can't move. So Paul said, stand up. Stand up! You see, if you believe something, you should act on it. Don't wait for me. Throw your crutch away. Run around the room. Amen. So Paul the preacher helped him. Stand up right on your feet. And the moment he gave action, power flowed. Power meets the act of faith. And not until the act of faith. Faith without works is dead. We read it this morning in our Connect class. It's inoperative. It's inactive. It's devoid of power. It's real faith. But until you turn that faith loose through words and actions... No power flows. Amen. You know, you could die in the hospital on a deathbed with a heart full of faith. Faith comes by hearing. And if you heard, faith came if you really mixed faith with it. But you've got to learn how to turn your faith loose. Activate your faith. And only then, you've got to get a revelation of this, only then will power meet you. Yes. Because if you don't believe it enough to act like it, mm-hmm. you don't believe it. That's right. And that's what faith is. Faith is belief. Amen. But do you see how precious this is and how fast this can happen? Yes. He didn't have to go to a faith seminar, and that's not wrong, and sit there for 45 services right. to finally get a little ounce. Of, and really, how long does it take before faith can come? Well, it depends on... How skillful you are in hearing. If you're gonna, if you're messed up in your mind and you've got all twisted and tangled up with religion and you went to a church for decades that told you that healing passed away with the last apostle and you're all, and you sit there and you're hearing but you're, oh, that's not what I heard. Oh, that's not what they told me at that church. Well, see, it's not getting in your heart because. Now that's where you just need to keep washing and listening and looking at the scriptures. And renewing your mind so that faith can get by all your briars and junk and get down into your heart. But the moment that happens, faith is there. This guy just apparently didn't have any religious baggage. And he heard. And he believed it. And and he got his miracle. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. I just had it in my heart before we move forward from hearing to give you some biblical illustrations of how precious and how powerful and how important it is to hear. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My life has been totally, radically transformed because of what I heard. Amen. Praise God. And my willingness to believe what I heard. Now, I'm not, 
I'm not advocating gullibility. Right? I'm not going to be like a little baby bird in a nest and just throw my mouth back and let mama stuff anything down my throat. I'm, that's, that's not the way we ought to be. But if it's in the Bible, if it's in the Scripture, I am ready to believe it. I am ready to receive it. Amen. So in Mark chapter 5, uh, verse number 25, says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, Twelve years. Now this, without getting graphic, she had some sort of female hemorrhage. And she bled for twelve years. This is a long time she suffered with this. And she suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had. So notice, now we see this all the time today. And we're for the doctors, not against them. Thank God for what they can do. But they couldn't help this gal. And she suffered at their hand with their treatments. Whatever. And then, not only that, it cost her the right. It cost her all her wealth. She spent all that she had on that day's medical technology. And notice what it says. It says, "And she was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse." Amen. And then, look at verse twenty-seven. If you got something to mark your Bible with, and this isn't marked, don't let this get by you. Verse twenty-seven. When she heard. When she had heard of Jesus, come on, she came in the press behind the crowd and touched His garment. For she said, you should mark that. That's today's topic if we can get to it. Amen. But she didn't say anything until she heard something. The catalyst, the thing that changed the course of this woman's physical condition began, Brother Jerry, with what she heard. Hallelujah. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Now here's a lady who by Jewish law is not permitted to mingle with other people. Because they didn't know what we know about contagions. And so if you had something that you couldn't get rid of, by law, you were not supposed to mingle for fear of you know, spreading that stuff. And with a penalty of possible stoning if you violate that. So, can you see, I'm just a simple person, but what must Jesus, what must she have heard about Jesus? She probably didn't hear that he's a pro, uh, was prospering people. That wouldn't have moved her out of her house. Maybe, I mean, maybe it would. She spent all her money. But that's not what motivated her to risk her life to get to Jesus. I don't think she even heard that Jesus was the Messiah. She didn't press into that crowd seeking a Messiah. What do you think? What moved her? What must she have heard about Jesus? Rumors gotten out. Fame of him's out. Jesus, this man Jesus is here and people are being healed. Jesus is, he went around the cities and villages teaching, preaching and healing, right? She heard this. It's just obvious that's what happened. And when, G, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. For she said, and I like this, the Amplified said, For she said and kept on saying, She said and kept on saying, 
If I but touch the hem of His garment, I shall be made whole. So she came in the press behind. She did exactly what she'd been saying. She grabbed hold. I could see her on her knees trying to get through unnoticed through the crowd. She reached out. Jesus is going that way. She sneaks up behind him and goes, wham, and got a hold of his garment. And that anointing, that healing anointing had so saturated his garment, when she grabbed hold, it flowed right out of that garment and right into his, right into her body. The Bible says right here in your Bible that immediately she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She got an instantaneous miracle that the doctors couldn't give her. A a thing was instantly turned around that she'd suffered with for 12 years. She And Jesus said, let me find it. She said in verse, Jesus said to her in verse 34, Daughter, my power has made you whole. Now, of course, we know it was. The agency that healed her body had to be divine power, but he did not attribute, he didn't talk about his power. What did he say? He said, daughter, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Go and be healed of thy plague. Let me ask you, where did she get faith to be healed? For when she heard about Jesus, she came and she heard people down the street are being healed in this meeting. She believed it. And her believing it in her heart showed up in her mouth. Remember last week what we talked about? Faith must exist in two places. Faith must exist in your heart and it must come out of your mouth. But then she added the other vital ingredient to faith. She acted on what she believed. She acted in accordance with what she said. And I want you to get this. She got exactly what she believed. She got exactly what she said. And get this even. She got it the exact same way she said she'd get it. Jesus didn't whip around and go, Oh, I see you there. I'm the Son of God. But you can't grab hold of my garment. I've got to pray for you. She got her healing exactly like she said she would get it. This woman did four or five things. All of us can do these four or five things. Number one, what did she do? She heard. That's number one. You try to get healing without hearing, you're, you're out of divine order. A lot of people come and say, Pastor, pray for me, when they ought to come and say, Pastor, teach me the Word. Did you get that? A lot of people come and ask Pastor to pray for them, when they ought to come and say, Pastor, please teach me the Word. Divine order is here first. What's the next thing she did? She said it. See, what she heard... Brought faith to her heart. And faith, when it comes to your heart, it's going to move you. Faith will move you. And the first thing faith is going to move is your mouth. And faith is not moving you unless it's moved your mouth. Real faith, when it comes, will move you. Amen? And the first thing faith will move is your mouth. So she heard it. The second thing she did is she said it. Can you think about what's the third thing, the next thing she did? She did it. 
She flat did it. She acted. She did it. The fourth thing she did was she received it. Now, Brother Hagen got a hold of that, and he wrote a sermon called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And it's based on that passage right there. You know, anything you need that's promised you in the Scripture, you can have it, and it'll come that same way. If you'll hear it, and say it, and do it, you'll have it. It's real simple. Where's Paul at? Four simple things. Amen. Are you all getting that? You can't get to any miracle like this without hearing. How precious, how important is hearing. Amen. Now, but we saw that the the elements and ingredients of faith out of Romans 10 were that the word is nigh us, near us. Where is it? In our mouth and in our heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will believe with your heart, not your head, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Again, the the Bible reveals recipes or formulas or principles. There it's salvation. But do you know that's the Greek word soteria? You look up that Greek word soteria and it means to be saved, like we would use it spiritually. But it also means your soundness of mind. It also means a divine rescue. It means to be delivered. It means to be made well or prosperous. And it means to be healed. So you would not do any injustice to the Scriptures to read it like this. For with the heart man believes unto their deliverance. And with the mouth, confession is made unto their being delivered. Amen. With your mouth. So your mouth, Dakota, can either deliver you or put you in bondage. Amen. Your mouth can either set you free or tie you up. Keep you bound. For with the heart, amen, uh, we believe unto the infilling with the Holy Ghost, and with the mouth we confess unto the... right. So you could just put, we confess unto the manifestation. How do you get to manifestation? That's what everybody wants to know. You do it by believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. So we want to end today by talking about the power of a positive confession. And to just highlight some things to you quickly today about the role confession plays in our faith. Amen. Go with me. You're in Mark. Stay there. Go to Mark 11. You knew we had to get there eventually. <laughs> Praise God. Mark chapter 11. Glory to God. Now, Christianity has been called the great confession. Confession is all over the Old and the New Testament. And one of the most broadly discussed Bible topics is the lips, the mouth, the words. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, notice that you couldn't get born again until you said it. Well, you're not going to get healed until you say it. 
Amen. Your, if you'll get a hold of this, it'll radically transform and change your life, your destiny, future, your, your ever. If you'll get a hold of the power of faith-filled words. Amen. Praise God. So, here in Mark chapter 11, reading, uh, beginning in verse uh, 13, it says, And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, Jesus came, if haply he might find anything thereon. Fruit, you know, he was hungry. And he came to it, and he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus, my Bible says, answered and said to it, Now, to the normal thinking person, that sounds odd. Put yourself at Bethany. Put yourself on the road. Put yourself there. You're one of His disciples. Jesus goes, hey, hold on a minute. We're on our way to Jerusalem from Bethany. I'm hungry. And in Israel, fig trees, if they have leaves, no matter what season, if there's leaves, there's supposed to be fruit. That's what He saw. So, false advertising. Jesus goes over to pick fruit and founds none. Well, he gets irked by that. Jesus does not like things that look like something, but are not that. He does not like anything that looks like Christianity, but ain't that. He's not into falseness, hypocrisy. He demands sincerity and honesty. And that tree lied to him. (laughs) That tree lied to the Son of God. Look at what it said. Look at what it said. And he answered and said unto it. Okay, put yourself there. The speaker's the tree. No, let no one is ever going to eat fruit from you ever again. Come on, guys. That's exactly what happened here, right? Mm-hmm. Let me, let me quote it as the King James. Okay, so you're with me. I'm Jesus. There's the tree. Right? And so, oh, move my pages here. Glory to God. No man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. All right, let's go. And they marched on to Jerusalem. It tells you about it in the passage. He went and cleaned out the temple. Overturned all the money changers. He cleaning stuff up. Purging the church. He's going to do that again. Amen. And uh, so the next day, they're heading back out of Jerusalem toward Bethany. Right? And uh, look at verse 19. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. How many of you want to be a real Christian? How many of you say you want to be like Jesus? Yeah, you're not you're, yeah, you're about your bag at all. Is that the goal to be like Jesus? Isn't it? Think like him. Do what he did. Produce his fruit. What did he do? He talked to a tree that tricked him. That didn't provide for him. And what happened to that tree? He was dead. 24 hours. Dead. Dead tree. Amen. And Peter says, Master, look at the tree which you cursed is withered away. That's verse 21. 
And Jesus answered and said to them, Calm down, boys. This is a Son of God thing. This is a deity thing. Don't get too excited. Y'all are blessed to see me do my thing. But that's one of those deity tricks. Is that what he said? No, instead, what did he say? Peter, have faith in God. The Greek we know says, Peter, have the God kind of faith. Come on, is he telling Peter, you can do what I just did? He didn't didn't discourage him. In fact, he went right the other way, didn't he, Brother Ken? He said, have this kind of faith. Then he told us about it. So in the shadow of the dead tree that got killed by Jesus' words, he said, whosoever, and he didn't point the tree anymore. See the Mount Olives over there? Whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in their heart that what they say unto the mountain will come to pass, they will have whatever my Father wants. Read your Bible. They shall have whatsoever they say. Is that what happened to the woman with the issue of blood? Did she not get what she said? She sure did. She sure did. You know the Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8? He got what he said. He had a servant that was near death in his home. He sent servants to go get Jesus. Jesus came and said, I will come into the house and heal him. And the man said, no. To Jesus. He said, no. This is what he said. You read about Matthew chapter 8. He said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But as a military man, I understand authority. For I have people under me, and when I say go, they go. And when I say come, they come. And when I say do this, they do it. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, that sounds really good, but if you want your servant healed, I'm God, and I've got to come in and lay my hands on him. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. That's not what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? He goes, whoop! This guy's got faith like I have never seen. He gets it. He understands how authority works, and authority works by words. And he recognizes me, not as a military man, but a man with authority over sickness. And so he spoke it. And his servant was healed, and the centurion got it exactly the way he said. How are you going to have it? What are you going to have in life? Exactly what you say. Now that is terrifying for many of you who have not been paying attention to what you say. Here Jesus reveals one of the most dominant, powerful laws of the universe, both spiritual and natural. And that is the law of saying. If you say something and in here you believe it, not even God can undo it. Think about it before you answer. 
Whose word carries more clout, more weight in your life? Your word or God's word? Me. My words carry more clout in my life than even God's. God's word proclaims salvation and forgiveness to the sinner. But if I were to say, no, I do not believe. Jesus is not the Son of God. There is no God. There is no hell. Whose word is going to carry the day? I will not be saved. I will not be saved. What if you get into the habit of saying, I'll never see 60? People have said, I won't live, I won't live to see 40. And they didn't. And they didn't. And not even God, not even God, is going to override that. Let's read this again. Y'all all right? Got a few more minutes here? We're almost done. Come on. Listen, faith always has something to say. If you notice, David ran at a nine-foot giant, but he ran at a nine-foot giant with his mouth moving. Let me tell you, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming to take your head off in the... He didn't run at his giant with nothing to say. And it's his words of faith that made a demand on the covenant that got God all over his little rock that took down a nine-foot giant. It wasn't the rock, it was His words. It was His faith in God, spoken and acted on, that made Him victorious. And it's your faith in God, amen, that you speak with your mouth that's going to make you victorious in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen. Time's failing. You need to be careful what you say right now. Amen. Here's what I say. No one in my church will get infected with the coronavirus. Everyone who's dwelling under the shadow of my prayer pastoral covering, no weapon formed against them will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against them in judgment will be condemned by God. Every day I say over you, our God keeps us by His power mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, relationally. No evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. For God has given His angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. But if as much and as strong and as convinced and as full of faith as I am, if you say it different, you excused yourself. You nullify because your word carries more clout than mine in your life. Don't say, don't say, I'm going to lose my job. Don't say, don't say I'm I'm scared to death of what's happening. Don't say that. Don't say it. Bite your tongue. Don't say it. 
Call someone on the faith with the phone and tell them, please talk me off the ledge. I'm about to say something stupid. Help me, help me, help me. My mind is under pressure. Help me, pastor. Amen. I said amen. Let's read it again. Have the God kind of faith. You know, God doesn't just regurgitate verbally everything He feels at the moment. No. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. Aren't you glad that He doesn't just feel something and go, let's wipe them all out? Right. Because if He said that, guess what? The whole world would go. Stop saying what you feel because you feel it. That's why the devil's making you feel it. So that you will say it. Because if you say it, and it's negative, He can bring it to pass in your life. That's why these pressures are coming. That's why the devil, well, he can make you feel things, Christine. He can make you feel fear until your flesh shakes under it. But that doesn't mean you've yielded to fear. Talk to it. Rebuke it. Say, say, you foul spirit of fear. I bind you. You cease and desist in your maneuvers against me and my mind. I will not yield to fear. This is how the Christian operates. For verily I say unto you, our Master said, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things... What are we believing? We're believing that what I say will come to pass. Amen. And if we do that and we don't doubt in our heart that what we say comes to pass, what did Jesus say? You shall have whatever you say. Now you understand that's predicated on it being God's will and in the promises and not some weird goofy thing like I say a Cadillac will be in my garage when I get home. I mean, come on. That's not what He means. You understand that? But here's things like you can do, and this is how I roll. Not perfect, not bragging, but this is how I roll. So we've had a lot of money go out, and praise God, I'm like, I I know I need this, I know this is a good deal, this wood. But this is not the best time. And so I said to him, get it, as long as I can pay you on Monday. And then when I hung up, I said, I will have the money on Monday. That's right. Amen. And I will. Amen. How do I know I will? Well, a couple things. I know I will because it is God's will that we finish this building. It's not my, and it's not finished without baseboard on the drywall. It makes sense to him, for him to do it now before prices go up and he have to go five more hours. And he said, I can have what I say. And so this is how I live. This is how you're supposed to live. Amen. And faith works. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So we're going to talk, Lord willing, uh, about... Our words for a while. Amen. But the faith you need, it comes by the hearing. But the next step, amen. 
is to confess that out here. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6.2 says that a man is snared by the words of his mouth, taken captive by the words of his mouth. So be very careful in closing in this season. Don't speak in line with what you see. Don't speak what you feel. Tell it, speak it the way you want it. Don't say it the way it is. Say it the way you want it to be. Don't say, my bad back. Don't say, I have degenerative disc disease. God cannot help you if you say, I have bad discs. Because your word carries more clout in your life than even God. Don't say, everything breaks down for me. I can't ever get ahead. Nothing good ever happens to me. Can you, can you see how dumb that is in the light of the word? Now we've all been dumb because we didn't have the light of the word. But we really dumb to have the light of the word and still let our mouth defeat us. Y'all could stand up today. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. God has authorized us to live the way He lived, to conduct Himself on the earth the way He did. Amen. He said, have the God kind of faith. And faith, He demonstrated that kind of faith when He said, no man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. And that thing obeyed Him. We'll have to come back and talk about, you know, He didn't just do that with that one thing. A little bit later, He went over and bent down and did that same thing to a fever. He talked to a fever. That sounds strange, doesn't it? He didn't talk to the lady. He didn't pray to God. He talked to the fever. He said, fever, I rebuke you. Go. And the fever had ears and heard Jesus and took up and left. He spoke to wind. Peace, be still. Can you imagine? And when you're doing it right, people who are around you ought to go, But they ought to see the storms of your life start calming down. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of...